Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Can we just pause for a second and talk about that music? So good. So good. It is us. We just got some new music. Don't panic. Yep, you're in the right place. You're in the right place, but we'll tell you all about our new music at the end. Misread the directions and ended up somewhere you're not supposed to be. No, no, no. This is us. We'll tell you all about it at the end. New decor. Our review this week comes to us courtesy of at Marcus Fanelson on Instagram who recommended this film to us. Not a film I was aware of, not a film I've ever seen, but it is Fire in the Sky. It has 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was going to be a bit higher than that. And was released in 1993. Based on an allegedly true account, this film follows the events that befall the inhabitants of a small town when Mike Rogers, played by Robert Patrick, reports that his buddy Travis Walton played by D.B. Sweeney, has been abducted by aliens. The local sheriff suspects that Mike was involved in Travis's disappearance, but when Travis returns with a tale that supports the abduction story, the friends suffer the ridicule and disbelief of the town members and the media. What were your thoughts on this film? Do you know what? I quite liked it. I thought it was actually quite good. I've seen I've seen clips of it before because one of my managers at work was um, going on about how this was proof that aliens existed and showed me the trailer. Um <laughs> <laughs> ah yes but of course (laughs) Um, so I'd seen little (laughs) clips of it but it was actually better than I was expecting it to be it was quite good because it kept the intrigue going for a bit before you sort of had anything to sort of fear in your case yeah I am going to be really controversial here and I actually enjoyed it oh I know because but you hate films (laughs) but I hate films and I hate aliens should have been a double whammy but I think it was very well laid out as a film in terms of most of the story was about the disbelief that the men faced rather than the actual alien abduction. And then when you have the flashback to his alien abduction, you end up in this mad world that is like a completely different film. It's just like a 10 minute segue where you see what happened to him on this alleged spaceship. And it's prompted by maple syrup falling on his face. And the guy that Instagram does about this film was like, I will never look at maple syrup in the same way again, because he gets maple syrup on his face and then he wakes up in this alien goo and it's pretty fucking gross. He's, he wakes up in like an alien womb. Yeah. Kind of like Matrix style. You know in the Matrix when they're all in those little pods on the wall? That's what it looked like. And And then the aliens do all these experiments on him and that that bit made me feel sick. But that was a very short part of the film. Yeah, literally 10 minutes. Most of it is about, like Emma said, about the sort of controversy within the town and how these guys are treated because obviously they disappear into the woods. They they go to the woods to do their job and then they come back one man short and then they say he got abducted by aliens. So that's a yeah. bit like what you were saying about your fear last week, I think. Yeah, nobody believes them. Everyone thinks that they've murdered him. So they go looking for a body. What I loved the most about this film is the fact that Elliot from E.T. was in it. See now, Holy what? mother of God. Imagine being typecast <laughs> to be in alien films. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to have a look at his filmography, actually, to see how much he'd done between the two. Because there's a good nine years, I think, in between them. So it'd be interesting to see what he'd done in between. T-1000 from a Terminator 2 film, isn't it, as well? He's oh, one yeah. of the leads. It spent me the whole, took me the whole film to work out where I'd seen him from. But actually, I thought he was quite well acted, to be honest. Yeah. A- apart from the detective who's well annoying, but I think his character's supposed to be annoying. You know, the one with the little cowboy. Well, actually, our listeners in Texas, can you let us know what they're called, please? Oh, yeah. So those little um, skull things that you wear around your neck. 
Well, yeah, but sometimes they're made of metal, but they're basically it's like two shoelaces and they've got oh, yeah. like a, a metal thing. What are they called? Right? We, we could yeah, just Google it. We could Google it, but it's more fun this way. So Yeah, so if you're one of our Texas listeners, then please let us know what those things are called. Good film. I would definitely recommend it. I would give it four out of five stars. <gasps> what? I know. Yeah, and I didn't have nightmares after it either. Amazing. Yeah, because it wasn't enough. I think it was more about the drama and about the disbelief than it was anything else. That's yeah. probably why you didn't have it. It wasn't and really like full I of also felt like Travis deserved to be abducted because he, they, so they, they're driving through the mountains and they see this huge craft. They have no other way to get down from the mountain other than drive towards it. They see this huge craft and he just gets out of the car. He gets out of the car and he's standing under it like fucking gimp. And they're going, Travis, come back. Travis, yeah, get back like, in the car. Travis. And he they're just all panicking because they're like, get back in the car, get back in the car. And he just stands there like an absolute moron. People like that deserve to be abducted. That's that's your own choice. He's made that choice. So have at it. Get abducted. Get aliens shoving shit in your eyeballs. That's your own problem, Travis. Our first story today on that is note is... Based in Ireland? The Travis Walton case. Not based in Ireland. No, it is not. I didn't think we could talk about this film without talking about the Travis Walton case. Yep, good idea. So I'm going to do a shortened version of it. There's really, really long versions of this on the internet, which are brilliant and really well researched, but we're not going to do it. There's a book as well, apparently. There's also a book. That's what the film told us. So I'll put the link on our Facebook group to the kind of long version of it if you're interested. But we've got three goddamn stories for you today. Three? Three goddamn stories for the price of one. That's crazy. I know, right? And there's three three goddamn alien stories. I can't. Am I going to have to get some counselling for you later? Yeah. Oh dear. If you're a long time listener, you will know that I'm not a fan of aliens. Not a fan of alien stories. Story number one. The Travis Walton case. According to Walton, on November the 5th, 1975, he was working with a timber stand improvement crew in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest near Snowflake, Arizona. While riding in a truck with six of his co-workers, they encountered a saucer-shaped object hovering over the ground approximately 110 feet away, making a high-pitched buzz. Walton claims that after he left the truck and approached the object, a beam of light suddenly appeared from the craft and knocked him unconscious. The other six men were frightened and supposedly drove away. Walton claimed that he awoke in a hospital-like room being observed by three short, bald creatures. He claimed that he fought with them until a human wearing a helmet led Walton to... (laughs) 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 Sorry, sorry. Let's try that again. This is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) He claimed that he fought with them until a human wearing a helmet led Walton to another room, where he blacked out as three other humans put a clear plastic mask over his face. Walton has claimed he remembers nothing else until he found himself walking along a highway with a flying saucer departing above him. Skeptics consider the case to be a hoax, describing it as sensationalising on the part of the media and a put-up job to make money. UFO researcher Philip J. Class considered Walton's story to be a hoax perpetrated for financial gain and discovered many discrepancies in the accounts of Walton and his co-workers. After investigating the case, Class reports that the polygraph tests were poorly administered, that Walton used polygraph countermeasures such as holding his breath and uncovered an earlier failed test administered by an examiner who concluded the case involved gross deception. Science and scepticism writer Michael Shermer criticised Walton's claim, saying, I think the polygraph is not a reliable determiner of the truth. 
I think Travis Walton was not abducted by aliens. In both cases, the power of deception and self-deception is all we need to understand what really happened in 1975 and after. Cognitive psychologist Susan Clancy argues that alien abduction reports began only after stories of extraterrestrials appeared in films and on TV, and that Walton was likely influenced by the NBC television movie The UFO Incident that aired two weeks before his own claimed abduction and dramatised the alien abduction claims of Betty and Barney Hill. Clancy noticed the rise in alien abduction claims following the movie and cites class's conclusions that after viewing this movie, any person with a little imagination could now become an instant celebrity, concluding that one of those instant celebrities was Travis Walton. What are your thoughts? Obviously aliens. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. I have to admit, I said to you when I was watching the film, that I felt like they alluded to the fact that there could have potentially been a little bit of shenanigans between Walton and... His friend. His friend. By saying that obviously the, his mate was behind in the mortgage payments. Yes. Um, Travis Walton really wanted to set up a motorcycle garage with him. And obviously there's a lack of money there. They're just doing like a contracting tree removal, basically logging, not quite logging, but just forest management. So I did think there's scope there for a, for a hoax or for an elaborate con, particularly as he drove away, left everybody there and then went back to see if he could find him on his own. Yeah. It's enough time to then move him on, get him to take him somewhere else. But then that's really boring, isn't it? It is really boring. And but it kind of also... doesn't explain why they fell out, fell out with each other at the end either. That's the film, though. Yeah, we're sure that based on the true story, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm sure they dra- dramatised some of the film. But that means they fabricated that the most interesting part of that film, then, to me, because I like the bit where they were all in, where he woke up in like a womb, and then he escaped <laughs> the womb, and then he was like floating up, and then he went into another womb, and there was a dead human inside it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like maybe they're just collecting specimens. To you take do realise the-, the film was not a documentary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But it's based on the true story. So I was like, I was hoping that part, like Travis had like said that was part of what happened to him, but it sounds like it isn't. Plenty of things are based on a true story. Yeah, I know, but I'm just listen to what I'm saying. I am listening to what you're saying. But I was you're hoping. Oh, you were hoping okay. that it was part of Travis's story because I was like, oh, that would be interesting to talk about, but it's not part of his story. So a bit disappointing, really. Basically, I think the Travis Walton case is a massive hoax. Yeah, because he made the money from the National Enquirer. He made loads of money from it. And he did loads of TV interviews and stuff afterwards. And obviously the film was made. He wrote a book about it. He did a... I can't remember what the TV show was called in America. But he did like a TV show where he did a polygraph live. Or he did a polygraph like beforehand. And it all came back as lies. So when he did the polygraph and his friends did the polygraph in the film, it's portrayed that the results were positive, that they were all telling the truth. In reality, that's not what happened. The guy who administered the polygraph believes that Travis Walton had researched how to trick a polygraph test but we know polygraphs are crap anyway so even if he was lying as known this is not saying that he didn't get yeah, abducted by aliens true and and let's be honest if there's all this media about aliens and you're an alien best time to come and abduct someone because everybody's just going to go oh he's seen that program it's not real he's lying I don't know if, if, if aliens are aware of the television scheduling to be perfectly yeah, honest they intercept all our signals don't they oh that's true so. I wonder that they watch if you're an alien what would your favourite TV show be Simpsons. Mine would probably factor fake paranormal files because I'd be like, look at this bullshit. That's not a UFO. You want to see a UFO? Let's see and if then we there's, can get on his show. Yeah, there's one episode where they're like, oh my God, that was me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and then they debunk it and the aliens are like, oh, 
God damn it, I thought they had us this this time. In researching for this episode, I came across a story. And once again... Are we done with Travis Walton? We're done with Travis Walton. I think it's a hoax. I think he's taken by aliens. I absolutely don't. I think it's a hotspot, Arizona. This story scared the bejesus out of me. It comes from a girl called Michelle... And her Twitter handle is at House of Water One. And I tweeted her and asked her, could I use her story? And she said, yes. So I'm just going to go straight into it. She claims that this is 100% true. And actually, what happens after the story is far more important than the story itself, okay. I think. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. If you've known me for a while now, you've probably heard a lot of my sleep paralysis nightmares. I have more than I can count. But if you know me well enough, you know that one haunts me the most. For those of you that don't know, I'll explain. Four years ago, I had an unsettling feeling about going to sleep. I was 17 at the time, so old enough that I shouldn't need to sleep in my parents' room, but the feeling grew to the point I truly felt I couldn't sleep alone. I felt unsafe. I grabbed my blankets and my pillow and made a bed on my parents' floor. Their bed was about two feet off the ground, leaving a black abyss to stare into when you're sleeping next to it. I don't actually remember falling asleep, I just closed my eyes and it felt as if sleep paralysis had already started to creep in. I smelled a very distinct lavender smell and remember thinking that I shouldn't smell something so sweet as it could be some sort of drug or a way to paralyse me, but the aroma was everywhere and I couldn't help but breathe it in. I turned around, facing the black void under my parents' bed and immediately a very large, cold and disproportionately large hand flew out and aggressively grabbed my wrist. I tried to scream but nothing came out no matter how hard I tried. A pale grey face pushed its way out from under the bed, revealing an extremely large head. This creature had no mouth. Instead, it had three huge black eyes. Two on top and one where the mouth should be, almost like an upside down triangle. The minute we locked eyes, it retracted its hand and started making extremely loud clicking noises. It was at that moment that I realised that there were 14 foot tall aliens pressed up against my parents' vaulted ceilings, acting terrified that I could see them, and that I was consciously aware of what was going on. My body raised up above my parents, and as I silently screamed until my throat seized, a colourful light appeared outside my parents' window. My body dropped, and I immediately woke up to bright daylight. I felt a pain on my right leg and noticed a deep gash that eventually scarred and is still noticeable to this day. I told my parents, we researched it, and I eventually got over my fear. It was the only sleep paralysis I've ever had that felt so real and I had to convince myself that it wasn't. I'm still not even sure if I just tell myself it was sleep paralysis so I can cope. Flash forward to four years later. I have the same experience but a new room. It was almost identical so I won't go into very much detail. But guess what I woke up to? An incision on the same leg that almost looked like a botched stitching job that's been cauterized shut. The cut is precise and thin, so I know my dog or even my own nails couldn't have done it. I sleep next to the wall and there is absolutely nothing sharp in my room or by my bed that could have done such a precise cut to my skin. It hurts and it feels as though there's something in my leg. Maybe my sleep paralysis is getting worse. Or maybe something dark is going on that I'm unaware of. You decide. But as for me, I won't be getting any sleep for a while. Before I continue, what are your initial thoughts? The smell intrigued me. 
and the fact that she had the wherewithal to go hmm I wonder if this is something that's going to drug me the 14 for aliens is scary but it reminds me of when I was on uh, Larium which is anti-malaria drugs and I had like really bad not psychotic episodes that's not the right word but like hallucinations hallucinations and uh, one of the hallucinations I had was I was in a room and I woke up and there was hundreds of people in the room with me like mathematically impossible numbers of people Mm. in this room with me Part of me is like, oh, it seems a bit like that. And I, and I don't know why aliens are living under the bed. I thought that was monsters. I doubt they're living under the bed. Oh, okay. I can imagine it, it's easier to get to her from under the bed rather than having to climb over her mum and dad as a 14-foot tall no, alien. Yeah, good shot, good shot. But uh, no, well, actually, speaking as a, a taller person, I'm only six foot two, but it's tall enough, much harder to go down low. Yeah, fair. Much harder to go down low. But yeah, it's a creepy, and it's the marks. I don't like the marks... She did tweet pictures of the mm, max. Yeah, not not down with that. Not when it's deep enough to scar as well. That's not something you can really do unless you like crack yourself on the bedside table or something. But she was on the floor, wasn't she? That's what she said, I think. Yep. Yeah. And there's more to this story. What? So when she put out this story, she originally put it out as a Facebook post, I think. And then she tweeted what happened. She got literally hundreds of replies of people who've all experienced the exact same thing. Not, oh, mate, I saw UFO ones. People, random people, who were like, oh my God, I've had this all my life. Linked to sleep paralysis. Not necessarily linked to sleep mm. paralysis. So it's people, like the black cat though, isn't it? So people who've said, oh my God, I've had this dream about those same exact massive aliens for years, and it's the clicking sound. Or they fall asleep, they hear the clicking sound and they wake up being thrown back into their bed. Like she said happened to her, it felt like she was thrown back into her bed. And she also got her boyfriend to draw what she saw. Do you want to see it? Always. So I've got two pictures for you. Okay. This is the first one, which is, you're going to explain it. Uh, It looks like the screen painting. (laughs) A little bit, doesn't it? Oh, the screen painting, yeah. Yeah. Not not screen in the movie, but it's called the screen, isn't it? It is the the screen, yeah. It looks like the face of the ghosts in Mario. It's got that kind of ninja white three holes uh, and then a very slim white body. Yep. Ready for the next one? Yep. That's a photo. Yep. So she edited a, fo- <laughs> a, a still from a film. All right. Okay. So this and is... And changed it to look like what she, what she had seen in her dream. So these are very tall looking, stereotypical aliens, grey kind of things, but tall greys kind of slender man-y-ish oh that's a good shout actually very freaky looking slender man but not as dapper yeah definitely hasn't got the style points interesting okay uh, aliens don't scare me as much as the the creepy paranormal stuff so you're not going to get the same reactions See, from me mad. i don't think i cannot believe aliens don't stu- it's don't the physical though isn't it as much. it's the physical so i'm gonna do is i can gonna... have a scrap with an alien <laughs> I tell you I'd what. probably lose, but oh. I can have a scrap of an alien. If that little that or that giant <laughs> head came peeking out from under my bed, I would be curb stomping that shit. Curb and this is for you, Alistair. I'd be drop kicking them down the fucking stairs. That's what I'd be doing. I'm gonna read you some of the replies. Alright. I think what we need to do is we need to get a map and pinpoint where every reply is and see if there's like a alien mystical triangle or something. Well, you can go ahead and do that. I might just do it. I've got other shit to get on with. <laughs> So, reply number one. I had almost the same sleep paralysis dreams. I'm awake in the room and I try to stay awake, but I feel drugged. Like I want to pass out and I hear clicking noises. As I am passing out, I try to scream. No noise comes out. As I try to stay awake and fight it, 
I grab the grey alien creature I dream about a lot. It feels so real, the feeling of his skin. Then I pass out. I regularly see long fingers and hands go over me as I pass out and blurry heads looking down at me. Hey, I saw your post about the sleep paralysis and I have the exact same dream. No kidding. The exact same scenario, but my cut is a different way around. This is my scar from three years ago and they've included a picture of a scar. I dreamed of that creature at my boyfriend's house, paralysed too. I then talked to my boyfriend about it and he drew it exactly. He told me that he used to always dream about the exact same creature as well. I had a terrible phobia of aliens and being abducted. When I was younger, I regularly had nightmares. It's so weird because in those nightmares, they clicked to communicate. I seen your post about sleep paralysis. I had a dream that these tall ass motherfuckers in the dark were standing around me talking in a weird clicky language I couldn't understand. And then I woke up and it literally felt like I was being thrown back onto the bed like I had been lifted. It scared the shit out of me. Hey, I don't know you and I'm not sure if you'll even see this message, but I have the exact same dream. Same aliens, same cut. It's scary. I felt like something was in my leg the first time. I even reopened the wound just to see you are not alone. I wanted to say about your post about sleep and aliens. I've had a similar experience to you and years later I still haven't processed it and it always scared me to the core. The bit when you said about 14 foot tall was when I realised that I've experienced exactly the same thing except in my case it was outside my parents' second floor window. Maybe there's no such thing as sleep paralysis. Maybe it's just aliens all the time. There's other people saying I smell the same smell. Mad. Mad. This is definitely aliens. Do you really think it's aliens? Yeah, but I'm starting to wonder whether there's any such, whether there's actually any such thing as sleep paralysis and it's not just aliens drugging us constantly. Well, that's fucking rogue, isn't it? That's mm. a rogue suggestion. On the other hand, it could be sleep paralysis because it only take if you see something not very clear, it doesn't take a lot of suggestion to then jump to it being that if it fits your story so and like the brain is capable of making smells if it's any smell that you smelt before it can regenerate recreate that smell like for example when you smell like almonds when you're having a stroke that kind of thing yeah or burnt toast or whatever it is like that's so it's not beyond the realms of possibility that it is like a sleep paralysis thing but i'm actually going completely rogue and i'm saying it's all aliens all of it the black-hatted person alien astral surfing aliens (laughs) all aliens no such thing as sleep paralysis it's aliens what would you do if you woke up when there was a 14 foot alien in the, well they wouldn't fit in our bedroom as a 14 foot alien would they I might laugh to start with because it probably looked well awkward yeah it would it'd be like <laughs> oh thank god you woke up because this was starting to get fucking uncomfortable uh, I think my natural reaction would be to roll over or to pull the covers up do the old kids under the duvet that iron duvet can never be attacked under yeah. But if it's sleep paralysis you can't do anything about it can you no but if it's, if it's not sleep paralysis so you can move I'd get under the duvet and close my eyes and pretend I didn't see it. And then in the morning, I'd tell you about it and I'd move house. <laughs> and then in the morning, the house would be burnt down and I'd be gone. <laughs> what, if, oh, what, if there's some, what if there's something inside them? There in was this? another, I know, and I'm not going through all the replies again, but I did originally go through all the replies and one of them said that this had happened to their mom and like that their mom had this wound on them and actually turned out there was something in, in it. Oh, what was in it? A metal device. If you want to read all these replies, go on to... And what happened to the metal device? They removed it. Yeah, but where did it go? I don't know where it went. If you want to follow all these replies... This is definitely aliens. If you want to follow all these replies, go on to Twitter and follow at House of Water 1. And if any of you want to map them... Dan will commission you to map all of these alien encounters. (laughs) I can't give you any money, but I'll record you an exclusive episode of a podcast if you map them for me. (laughs) That's a bold claim to make. (laughs) There's got to be a pattern. I bet there's a pattern to it as well. I bet there's like some golden circle or something. They seem to come from all over the world. Yeah, but I bet it like spells out we're coming or something like that. (laughs) It just spells out. Or like maybe they're like Cree 
from uh, Captain Marvel, uh, and they're already here, living Laurie among us. Laurie just spells out like, what up, bitches, or something equally. <laughs> Bims. <laughs> what up, bro? <laughs> We've got one more story to finish up today. Oh, I don't know if I can... Well, no, actually, I don't mind aliens, so go for it. This story comes from... True story. <laughs> All real. <laughs> This story comes from our lovely listener, Claire. And Claire has been one of our listeners from the very beginning. Well done, Claire. Congratulations. And she is gorgeous. Thank you very much. And really supportive. And I love her. She's great. She sent me this story ages ago, but I needed to do another Alien episode to be able to read it. So, are you ready? Always. Story number three. Just finished listening to your Alien episode and I have a story. I'm not sure if it is an Alien story or not, but it is strange. This happened to me when I was about eight years old. I'm now 40 and it is as fresh in my head as if it happened yesterday. I lived in Cardiff in a quiet street. We lived in what I called a back to front house where the back door was used as a front door and the front door led onto a quiet pathway. My room was in the front of the house so it was quiet. There were street lamps but nothing that really lit up the bedroom when the curtains were closed. Then one evening I was playing in my room with the curtains closed and my whole room lit up blue. It was brighter than daylight, like someone had car headlights beaming through the window except I was on the second floor. I looked out the window and the whole sky was blue. As an adult now, I would describe it as LED blue lights. No sooner had it lit up, it went dark again. And the next thing I remember, I was waking up. I do not remember what happened between the lights and waking up, but I was not dreaming. It happened at around 6 o'clock in the evening and I was playing and watching TV in my room. I was fully clothed, but everything after that is completely blank. It was like a chunk from that evening was cut out of my life. I do not believe in alien abductions, but I do believe in aliens. I 100% did not dream this light. I simply saw the light and do not remember anything afterwards. Not going to Cardiff anytime soon. Had you planned on going? Maybe. <laughs> West Ham play there occasionally. Well, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's not nice, is it? It's, the, it's always lights and, and stuff, though. I want, I'd like to know why she doesn't believe in alien abduction. Well, I don't believe in possession, but here we are. Yeah, that's true. But I figured, like, if we if we ever make it to Mars or, or a further afield and we discover alien life, so we're going to be life's... Life's... Alien... Life? Life? Alien life form. Aliens. I'm just letting you struggle. I just was watching you there. Thanks. I'm sorry. If we, uh, if we go to, like, far-off places as a human race and find another... Um, life form then we're going to be putting that crap into cages all the time like literally we're going to be abducting everything because we'll be wanting to do experiments and stuff to see what it is i can't see aliens being any different unless they're Mm. like higher beings and they've got like a better sense of how to be nice than we have which is possible i think and i know i always go down the mental health ruth ruth i know i always go down the mental health i can't fucking say it i know i always go down the mental health root that's punishment for watching me struggle over alien life forms by the way (laughs) but i think that trauma manifests itself in a very particular way and i think that sometimes our brain invents scenarios in order to help us cope with certain things i'm not saying any of the people in the stories that we talked about were traumatized but i do think there are people out there who genuinely believe they are regularly abducted or that they have been abducted once and it might be that their brain has created that scenario to help them cope with something. But then the other side of that is that Id told me, our friend Id, yep. that if you were going to abduct somebody as an alien, abduct somebody that people are least likely to believe. Absolutely. Makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, fuck my life. I, this episode, I'm so stressed right now. I feel like I might <laughs> cry. It's not funny. No, like, I know. But it's I don't not know, funny. Like, 
We've got to the root cause of why you don't like them, though. You're not actually scared of aliens. You're just scared of not being believed. I am scared of not being believed because I would kick the shit out of any alien that came into my room. Drop kicking them down the stairs. I would. I'd be drop kicking them down the stairs. <laughs> I'd be curb stomping. I would absolutely... I think I'd lose my mind. So do you believe in aliens? I don't know. I think what that lady said in the Travis Walton case about alien abductions only really were spoken about after they were seen in TV and film is really interesting. It is really interesting, but that's that form of it. How can we... I just... I think it's like extreme arrogance to suggest that nothing else exists no no it's not that i mean that's not that i mean nothing else exists but i think that alien abduction in itself yeah is potentially not as widespread as alien enthusiasts say it is i think like the first reported alien sighting was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago before tv and film even existed or alien or ufo sighting rather not alien sighting i wasn't calling you arrogant by the way so i'm not saying that aliens can't possibly exist but I think that alien abduction is probably not as prevalent as people might think it is. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was, because if you think about our solar system, right, we, as far as we know, which is pretty solid in terms of the planets in our solar system, we are the only planet that supports life at the moment. So if you're just an alien bumbling around the universe, you're not going to go to the other Just places, bumbling right? around. That's what they do. They've got light speed. You just zip over here and there and everywhere else and yeah. then uh, you're going to pay attention to this planet aren't you because there's more interesting things yeah more shit knocking around yeah more stuff they could use potentially or not we might fuel their spaceships for you know oh thanks for that just saying that's horrific <laughs> on that note wait one quick question do you think the greys are greys or do you think like in that film the greys are spacesuits oh yeah because in that film the aliens were like oh what did I say they looked like at the time muskrats <laughs> I don't remember what I said they looked like, but they were fucking mad old looking things. Yeah. But they had they had spacesuits that made them look like alien greys, yeah. which was interesting. I yeah. quite liked that. It's a good touch, I enjoyed that. I don't know what the, I don't want to think about it. I don't really give a shit. Either way, I am not putting up with him. You're not coming into my bedroom. You're not anal probing me. You're not sucking out my eyeballs. So just putting it out there to the universe. Yeah. Those if those aliens that are intercepting this upload don't come to our house because Emma will beat you up and I'll just hide under the duvet. We've got two reviews this week. Our first review comes from... J- Ooh, I'm not going to be able to say this. Jamie T. Afflinger. Or Jamie Tafflinger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Jamie Tafflinger. T. Afflinger. <laughs> <laughs> binge the entire thing over a few days while working it's that great I spent the last week discussing all the episodes with my husband and begging him to get caught up so we can talk about it Emma and Dan pick really interesting stories and I love that it feels like you're sitting around the table having a casual chat have we just done this review already keep going I'm also mildly obsessed with Emma's accent and no. have taken to using it in everyday situations keep the podcast coming you two are really enjoying it if we've done this already I'm sorry but I don't think we have can we talk about the fact that there's somebody in America is wandering around talking like me i love that can you like send us an instagram post of you doing my accent please yeah that'd be that would cool. make me really happy <laughs> <laughs> and with the next one is from tex-mex fireman these two must hardly have a weekend free thank you that's true we don't they are so much fun to listen to emma is adorable <laughs> are you just reading these because they're all nice about you <laughs> emma is adorable as she gleefully ratchets up the chills while it sounds like dan is becoming physically sick from the heebie-jeebies love these two God bless you too. Love it. God bless you too, Tex-Mex Fireman. We love you. Let's shout out for using heebie-jeebies as well. Yeah, love that word. out. We also have had a pretty, pretty shitty week here at Podcast HQ for reasons we're not going to go into. But in that shitty week, I got a message on Instagram from somebody. You did indeed. Who is at underscore Dozer Boy. And Dozer is a dog. 
He was not messaging me on Instagram. But oh. if he was, I'd be like, holy fucking shit. That would be amazing. Let's do an episode about you, yeah. you freaky little dog. Him and Dame Judy Dench could be like pals over Instagram messaging oh, each know. other. Oh, messaging each other about cat and dog shit. Not literal <laughs> shit. <laughs> you want to see what I pinched out this morning, Dozer? <laughs> Dozer's mom, Lexi, messaged me and was like, uh, read like a podcast, blah, 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 blah can I do a digital portrait of your cat? And I was like, sure. I don't know what that is. But okay, because I didn't know what that is. But she did a digital portrait of Tiny Bims. So if you want to see that, go over onto our Instagram page and have a look at it and go and follow underscore Dozer Boy on Instagram. And our final thing that we're going to talk about today and perhaps the most important thing is... The... Music. Yes. So our gorgeous friend, Greg Ireland. Who's not just our friend because his surname is the country that Emma was born in. No, he's our legitimate friend. Composed our music for us. And he is a musical genius. Ridiculously talented. And an amazing dresser. That's beside the point, but it's just, it's it's, it's a fact. Yeah, it's true. He's, it's I mean, if fact. you need style advice, yeah, hit him he up is for the that man as well as music. But in fact... He could give you style advice and compose your catwalk music. <gasps> Boom. That's a business, Greg. That is a business. So Greg is Paisley underscore overground on Instagram. If you look at the description of this episode, you can find all of his details there. And every episode from now on. And every episode from now on, which is very exciting. But Greg is a musical genius. I've worked with him on loads of different shows before. And when he was like, if you ever need music for your podcast, let me know. I just jumped at the chance we're going to play the full one minute and 34 seconds of the outro music for you guys i would suggest that you listen because there are very interesting little snippets of audio blended in to that outro music and one day i will have the money to pay greg to do me an entrance theme that i can just play every time i walk into a building i think we all need that in our lives absolutely until next week goodbye <laughs>